Hello everyone and welcome to a special edition of the Brisbane Football Review on top of our regular weekly podcast. We're bringing you this NPL, NPL Women's and FDPL season restart recap, which I really wish I came up with a better title for when I was uh, planning this out. It's James Scott and Adam with you here this evening as only a few days away from uh, the return of the senior local competition. Scott, how are you? I'm good, James. I'm really looking forward to the NPL resuming once again. It's an absolutely wonderful competition to go and watch. And someone who uh, prides himself as being a connoisseur of all the local... Uh, I was going to say currencies, but what am I thinking I of? I think it's the food at each of the grounds he's the oh, connoisseur yeah. of. <laughs> yes. I was yes. going to say the local uh, local cuisine. Cuisine, that's the word I was thinking of. Boy, this is off to a great start if you're just tuning in for the first time. <laughs> Adam, yes. Yeah, look, uh, opening weekend all over again. And look, uh, there's some uh, big games across all three grades that you know, are really going to punctuate the uh, return of local football in Queensland. Or at least in Brisbane, anyway. Yeah, definitely. So it's the senior competitions uh, for football Queensland. You've got the... Uh, NPL Queensland Saturday. You've got NPL Women's, and you've also got the Football Queensland Premier League. They all kick off Saturday. Uh, I think the first games in each comp are about four thirty, five o'clock. There. Just say Saturday afternoon. Saturday evening, to be yes. safe. Yes. Anyway, so a few things have changed since things shut down in mid to late March for these competitions. Um, the good news is, above all else, it's a full home and away season being completed for all three leagues. Uh, there has been one withdrawal with Mackay with Sunday's Magpies, Crusaders, United FC uh, withdrawing from the NPL competition due to, I'm assuming, just uh, inability to just meet the travel requirements. The logistics of it. It would yeah. just been impossible for it. So look, you can, it's disappointing, but you can understand. And they will return in 2021 in the NPL competition. And that's the most important thing because it is the, the, the major competition in Queensland. We do need regional teams. If it's going to be the whole competition, competition for the whole of Queensland... Having teams up north is important, and it's fantastic that Mackay are going to come back in 2021, because they've actually done quite well in their couple of seasons in the competition so far. They've been really good value, so it'll be great to see them back next year. And I think they're playing in the local competition up there. They are, keeping to, that sharp. Yeah, keep sharp. Yes, exactly. Uh, that has meant that there are some changes to promotion and relegation, with only one team going up and one team going down, which I know has uh, raised the ire of a few of the more ardent supporters of local clubs, but... As we've been saying about the A-League for the last couple of weeks, at this at the moment, like the most important thing is just obviously getting the season done in a safe and practical way. And unfortunately, you do have to make some, I suppose, ha- not harsh decisions, but just practical ones. It's it's practical and logical. I mean, what, you're going to relegate Magpies Crusaders because they logistically can't travel down to Brisbane on a weeknight to play games? It's just, it would be really, really harsh or, to do or, that. You just So this is the only practical way to do it. There's still going to be a full home and away season. The team at the bottom will be relegated, and the team that's top of the FQPL will be rewarded with a spot in the NPL in 2021. I can't imagine why people are complaining. I know it's because the, it started under one set of rules, it's going to finish under another, but this is not a normal year. It's going to be as close to normal as we can get it to be. I think it's a really good compromise. Yeah, I was going to say, just on top of that, or the, the other worst-case scenario is actually forcing forcing them to play, which just, you know, which at the end of the day, if you make them play, you know, you're going you're gonna to have, you know, sort of, you know, results that are going to be, you know, absolute blowouts, you know, and, and look, you don't, and that's the thing is, I think it's actually, I think the, 
the practical decision for unusual times. That let let them let them go away because of the situation. Come back next year stronger than ever. And I think, you know, having the buy as well, I think it may not be such a bad thing. Just again, given the circumstances, this is not normal times. I think that's what we've all got to remember. Yes, absolutely. There's obviously quite a lot still up in the air as we're getting back into football. Uh, before we uh, go any further, we should give a couple of quick plugs as well. Uh, our email is brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. Um, send in any comments, questions, topic requests for our NPL or regular coverage. Uh, Facebook, The Raw Review. Twitter, at BNE Football. And we'll have live coverage of selected matches on there as well. We should say, for the people who are NPL fans, not necessarily fans of the Brisbane Raw, we are working on changing that to Brisbane Football Review. It's not just... It's been Br- four years, but yeah, Mark Zuckerberg it, is still not uh, responding yeah, to our It's emails. not just a Brisbane Raw Facebook page. There's all sorts of local football news on there as well. So just the name is not reflective of what's actually on there. And we're... Really hopeful of changing that in the near future. Yeah, one day maybe. Anyway, in the meantime, you've uh, yeah run through where things stand in the NPL setup as well. And actually, before we do that, we should probably mention that you will be able to hear me commentating certain games for uh, Football Queensland as well, because I'm a narcissist and won't say no to getting behind a microphone. That mute button's really handy at sometimes, you know. It's a great invention and it comes in handy sometimes. Isn't that right, Adam? It is, especially on uh, MPL TV where you can find all the action uh, of the uh, of, of the rest of the MPL season. Okay, I'm just going to cross that out from my script to read next. <laughs> but yes, that's it. that is actually one thing that um, really just suffered from awful timing when it came to uh, the shutdown yeah. as well because uh, FQ and I believe it's New South Wales, yes. not Northern New South Wales. No, it's the MPL New South Wales, yep. the Sydney-based competition. Yes. So those two federations actually put in a lot of work to launch NPL.TV, which suddenly may be a lot more valuable in the uh, football media landscape over the next 18 months or so. And, um, yeah, as it was... to see how that pans out, see if how the quality of the broadcast changes, if it adds anything to the... Bro- I'll be interested to see how it pans out, because I think you're right, it could be a bit of a blueprint for some other competitions to follow, perhaps. Definitely. And, of, and of course, as well, you know, it's a nice little... Uh, way to have everything all put together yep. in a nice yep. neat package and yep live live games um, replays highlights and also as well archives from the past I know that both especially FQ have been showing a lot of the uh, grand finals of the past so it's all on there on MPL TV I did actually have a script where I had to read through that for something else yeah you can just play Adam's version <laughs> of that I reckon just play that every week yeah. just ching <laughs> <laughs> yes but get anyway. FQ to play that as well that's perfect what else do you need yeah definitely but anyway so yeah they've put like some work into launching that product as well and I think like there is a base version that's free for everyone to access which will give them all the I'm not going to actually say probably the same as what you get on YouTube previously presumably yeah and also with that as well um, yeah like unfortunately it launched the weekend everything shut down so it actually gets its first uh, run this weekend so, you know, better in, late than never. In four words, because there has been a couple of games already completed in the MPLW, but we'll deal with that later. Yeah, let's not confuse me, all right? I'm simple-minded <laughs> enough as is. Okay, so, covered that. It's not um, difficult. <laughs> yeah, no arguments here. Okay, I swear we're not usually this loopy, but it's been a long day. Anyway, um, there's been quite a few transfers being uh, brought into the clubs over the last couple of weeks alone but uh, also over the last four months as well. So we're going to run through some of the changes to each club, and we're going to start with Brisbane City. Matt Smith, former Raw Championship winning captain, and Premiership winning captain as well. Uh, He's coming to replace Nick Green as coach, and I'm presuming he will still be playing as well. Yes. And he will uh, have Bon Scott behind him in uh, 
as a goalkeeper. He'd been training with one of the Victorian A-League clubs, I believe it was Western United. Uh, that's what I believe to be accurate. I don't, I've heard that 100%, but I'm pretty sure it was the case. Look, for Brisbane City, look, it's a great opportunity for Matt Smith. He's obviously an incredibly experienced player, brings a lot to the, to the side in terms of his experience, but he's moving into off-field roles. I think he was the academy director or technical director at Brisbane City before he... And I think he was... And at Gold Coast as well yeah. before that, So, but he's now the head coach at Brisbane City. It's a great opportunity for him to really cut his teeth into coaching, which is... It's a really good young side. They've got that Brisbane yeah. City. You mentioned Bon Scott is there as a goalkeeper. That's a big improvement. Unfortunately, we're going to get to a play they lost mm. in a minute, John Carlos Solorzano, who scored 26 of their 78 goals since the beginning of the last season in 2019. So now, he's that's res- a stat. He's responsible for one-third of the goals Brisbane City scored in his time there. So that's a massive loss. I, I hope they found a player to replace because I was getting ready to come in here today and talk about Brisbane City... No more excuses. If they had John Carlos Laws, no, I thought they would be a top four side. But unfortunately, they've lost him. Hopefully, they can replace those goals because it's a big tally of goals they're going to have to replace. I look forward to Brisbane City announcing their new striker in about 23 minutes. <laughs> yeah, you'd you think so. Um, yeah, that uh, John Carlos Laws has, has left um, Brisbane City because it's sort of now at the moment, unless there is a, a mystery striker in there, it really becomes almost like the... No, a false nine with the Fechner brothers, Shannon Brady and uh, Kai Bolton there. So, they're, they're, like I said, they've got a good young side. Um, obviously, a lot of experience at the back. So, I think, um, at least from a defensive point of view, they're going to be very stiff to break down. Um, it's just a matter of whether they can score enough goals. But, um, yeah, look, for the, and one thing as well about what Brisbane City have got coming through is they've got a lot of good young players coming through. Like both their under-18s and their under-20s have been very, very competitive in the lower grades. And like I said, they've got a whole nursery there to choose from. So it may not be, it may be an opportunity for one of these youngsters to really sort of, you know, follow the footsteps of the Fechners, you know, as, you know, club juniors. And I really hope, James, because I'm really interested to see what a Matt Smith football side plays like as well. As a coach, I'd be interested to see how he sets his side up. Definitely. And as it stands so far from a goal-scoring perspective, you've got uh, Alex Fechner with three and Kai Bolton with two so far this season as well. And, um, yeah, so uh, see how that plays out for Brisbane City. Moving on now to Brisbane Strikers. And, boy, they need to uh, really get things sorted out quickly because they'd had a rough start to the season. And, look, the break could actually be, you know, a blessing in disguise for them as they've had a chance to reset after what was a phenomenal 2019. We'll give them full credit for their FA In the Cup it was a phenomenal season. Yeah, well, I, I would say that was probably the headline of their entire 2019 season. And maybe there was a little bit of a hangover from playing so deep into September for them as well and putting so much into that clash with Melbourne City. Maybe, but they lost a couple of really key players. You just mentioned Bob well, Scott. Yeah. He was... I know they replaced him with Brendan White, but he was a really important player. They lost Hiroki Amori on the left-hand side, added a lot to them. They didn't really replace him with a like a proven quality player. They brought a player through from their under-20s into that, so it's great that he got an opportunity. The, but big, the biggest loss of all. Yeah, that Andy was a loss. Yeah, he's a big loss as well. They have not replaced him in terms of goals so far, they brought some good players in. It hasn't quite worked so far. You would hope that in this pre-season 2.0, they've found a way to get the players. They've got up there Oliver Smith and Michael Giacomti firing because they're both, they're both good players. We've seen Oliver Smith. He's scored plenty of goals up here in Queensland before. We know he can do it. It's just we haven't seen it so far. I don't think they brought... Is it Ethan Dockett? Ethan in the Dockett, midfield they brought yeah. in? Look, he's a good player, but holding midfield's not really where their weakness is. He's a good player. You'll improve them. But they've got a couple of good options in there already. I think it's other areas of the field that the Brisbane strikers needed to improve. And look, they might have done so. We don't know. We have These are only the 
publicly confirmed signings. There's probably plenty more we haven't heard about so far. And I'm pretty sure three more just got announced while you were saying that. Probably since. did. That That is, of course, the way things seem to be going at the moment. You check your phone every five minutes and there's another two signings coming up. From... It's fun. It is a lot of fun. But just on Brisbane Strikers, yeah, they they need to get moving. They're uh, second from bottom going into... One draw uh, from their four matches yeah. so yeah. far. Yeah, so, but like I say, again, last season, if if the sort of... Take away the, the uh, four-month break... Um, they said they had a very slow start last season, and then they sort of they really sort of flew home late in the form that also as I saw them reach the St. Falls FA Cup. Uh, Owen Baker is going to need to conjure something like that similar if uh, strikers are going to be safe. And on that as well, just I want to go back to your point about signing a defensive midfielder. I do wonder if this is a, a case of Owen Baker basically trying to shore up what he feels is the. Like for him, it could be yeah. the most important position. We've saw yeah. how important that role was for strikers. Yeah. You know, in the FFA Cup last year, it allowed them to control the games yeah. when they needed to. And also, above all else, you look at the attacking talent on some of the teams they're going to be facing. They may be thinking, "All right, look, we're going to have to sit deep. We're going to need as many. Like yeah. we're going to need to load up the midfield and try and shut it down that way with three defensive minds." Perhaps players. they might also have a different role in mind for someone like a Scott Halder or a Kay McDermott, who played quite well in those roles in the games you're referring to, James. Maybe it is going to do something a bit different, and it's not that there's a bad sign. It's just I don't know that I would have if I was going to pinpoint the area that of improvement for Brisbane strikers. I don't think holding midfield would have been the area. But it's also, not that he's a bad player. But also he's a good as well, player. you got to say as well about Ethan Doherty, him being available, yeah. like um, holding midfield or not, that's a, that's, a, that's a good signing for them. And yeah, that's what we are seeing as well. Like we're seeing a, a lot of players experience. from Victoria coming back to the MPL in Queensland with the Victorian League Cancel. put on hiatus for the for the calendar year. So. There's a lot, of, a lot of Queensland players down there in Victoria, and it seems like a fair few are making their way back, James. Yep, definitely. Okay, uh, moving on next to one of the promoted sides, Capalabar, who are just down the road from uh, where we're recording right now. And, yeah, their big acquisition was goalkeeper Michael Weir coming from Hume City. 2019 top scorer Stuart Edgar returns from NPL 3 in Victoria. And we should point out, a lot of these clubs are taking advantage of the, the unfortunate situation yeah. in Victoria at the moment, where we all know Melbourne Victory NPL Victoria they love to recruit the Queenslanders and you know with the NPL Victoria competitions all of uh, FE comps actually yeah. being shut down for the season by the sounds of it you've got a lot of guys looking to come home now absolutely and Capalabar has certainly done that a couple of their former players returning and the other thing this does now obviously with the NPL Victoria shut down they'll have, all those clubs will have their eyes on the leagues that are firing up and running at the moment James so if you're performing well here in Queensland there could be the opportunity to move to Victoria for more money if that's what is on offer down there in 2021. We don't know if that's going to be the case or not, but if that is, they'll definitely be watching. We know that for a fact because there's, they're not in action at the moment. And I do like these two sides for Kapalabar. Look, the goalkeeper wasn't an issue for them. Curtis Goodwin wasn't a bad goalkeeper. But Michael Weir, when he was here a few years ago, was one of the better goalkeepers in the league. And Stuart Edgar was one of the big reasons that side got promoted. And he was a big loss for them in the offseason when he went down to Victoria. So getting those two players in, I think it really... Firms Capalba up as there will be a really solid midfield side who will challenge a lot of teams. Yeah, look, I think, yeah, for them, I think that barring major disaster, I think these two signings alone probably will confirm their status in the top top flight this year. I think um, they're, they're going to they're probably win more more games than they're going to lose. So, so yeah, look, I think they're great, two great signings. And look, we'll, we'll see how they match up against the top teams. But I think definitely they will, you know, they can surely cause some trouble for a lot of teams in this league. Definitely. And uh, Capalabar so far, two wins uh, over Redlands and Sunshine Coast Wanderers, which is a good sign for them uh, to this point. 
Their goal difference, though, kind of been uh, blown out the other way with 3-0 losses to the Raw NPL side and a 4-0 loss to Lions FC, which the three of us were actually in attendance for all the way back in early March, where I'm actually just bringing up that game now against... Oh, from what Brian remember of that game, that, that, that see, we, we look at that from four months ago. I can tell you, I, I remember that game, and um, and Kapalabar were in that match for about an hour. They were. They so, had a, a penalty yeah. in the first half, but that was it. Yeah. And it took Lions, I suppose, getting... I don't know if you want to call it a second, third, fourth wind or whatever, but that's what they, put them over. They actually went through the gears yeah. where, you know, a side like a power bar at the moment probably still, you know, still, you know, not the quality that where they, you know, obviously it's one way. And so, so yeah, look, that's exactly, they're, they're, they're a good solid team, you know, and I think you can see mid-table written all over them. Yeah, I think they'll comfortably survive, assuming they come out and perform near to the level that they were yeah. at before the shutdown. Now we're going to head to... Uh, one of the other promoted sides as well, East. Well, year before, they were promoted. yes, yep. One of the other recent additions to the NPL. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Um, yeah, they've got plenty of new additions to this squad as well. The most notable of which is Jade North, who I think is going to be a fantastic addition to this side. Yeah, I think he will be as well. We've seen in the past, James, when experienced players join NPL sides, they have a huge impact. You think back to Alex Smith joining Olympic a couple of years ago. He took that side from being a borderline top four side, if you like, to being a team that pushed Lions all the way in the final series. He was a massive impact. I think Jay North will do the same thing for that for that Eastern side of the side. Gives him real experience at the back. He can still play. We've seen him. He's been playing down at NPL Victoria until now. He's more than capable of playing at the NPL level. He brings vast experience, and I think it's a really good addition to that Eastern Suburb side. And if nothing else, it's a name. Yeah, a former Royal Premiership player. I, I can't wait for uh, Brisbane City and East to play each other. Who gets the first shot? Matt Smith or <laughs> Jay North? <laughs> because, but look, again, that brings... It brings value. It brings notoriety to the league. And I think that's the great thing. Look, again, East, I think, is the same as Kapalabar. I think, you know, I think Jaden or Simon, plus a couple of others as well, um, they're very handy. You know, Mitch, Mitch Bird, David Salen, Jaden Balarizzo, and uh, Ante Poliak. Look, I think um, they're, they're the pieces of the side that, you know, I think that, you know, now... I think we're developing as a good, you know, mid-table side. I think they're still probably a little bit below the the, the best in the league, but certainly they're going to, you know, hold their own at certain points. Certainly, and East five games in, a win, a draw, and three defeats. So they've got uh, room to improve as it stands. But I, I do always like to uh, take the opportunity to tell this story of um, 2014 A League Grand Final Raw against Western Sydney Wanderers. I'm standing there in the den watching trying to work out exactly why Jade North is playing striker for the final five minutes. I might have been yelling just a little bit, you're a defender, get back and defend you something, 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 only to realise that he actually couldn't run. He'd cramped up that badly that they'd basically pushed the entire team back one, putting... I think Barisha went to an attacking midfield role, and one of the midfielders, I'm going to guess Bratton, was back playing centre-back in that time. Uh, Sure, why not? Oh no, that's just one of my random memories. <laughs> I do Jay remember Jay North up front, I don't remember the rest of it, I'll take you word Well, I wasn't it. sitting with you for that game. No, so. you're right, you weren't. But yeah, I just remember trying to work out what like, what the hell's going on. Anyway, uh, we're going to go to now the defending grand final champions, uh, Gold Coast Knights, and the strong only get stronger with the addition of the aforementioned John Carlos Solorzano making the trip down the M1. And I think they're doing a fantastic job trying to rebuild that 2011 Raw side with Mitch Nichols there <laughs> as well. I... Yeah, look forward to seeing some of the other players joining them as well. Well, maybe they should have kept Matt Smith down there if they're rebuilding the 2010-11 Brisbane Raw side, James. But they've added another defender, just as we started recording this, Blake Thompson, some good experience there. So they've really bulked up that side once again. They've 
They lost a striker at the end of last season with Sam Smith. They've now got John Carl Slozno in. They look like they're going to be really strong again. This just firms up Gold Coast Knights to be... We all think they're going to be right there. They're or thereabouts at the business end of the season. I think these signings pretty much confirm that they probably will be there. All things being as you'd expect them to be in terms of... if they, They've got to come out and perform, obviously. But if they come out and perform, I think they'll be there. Yeah, look, um, it, it's... Uh, like I said, I think James summed up perfectly. The strong get stronger. And, yeah. Um, it's a, like, uh, like we were a bit worried there for a while about um, about John Carl's Solzone when he came back when playing for Lions he didn't seem to be he didn't seem to be sort of you know at his peak about what we knew of him as an A-League player but ever since he went to City uh, last two seasons here he has you know, his fitness has dramatically improved he looks a sharp player and look he's only get better at um, yeah. at night so I think it's a very very good addition I think look if Knights if there's any doubt any sort of you know weak kinks in the armour um, look they may have just um, strengthened that part Definitely as well, and I'll give credit to Simon Smale here as well. He was the one who was gushing over, you know, Salozano's improved fitness mm-hmm. after he went to Brisbane City as well. So it's quite clear to see, like, he's really, you know, kicking into gear uh, in NPL Queensland. And you know, if you're playing Gold Coast Knights, good luck with that. That's pretty much all I've got to. <laughs> it was before his there. I think it's just even, yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, the Knights round one, well, round one of the restart opponents. Lions FC. Uh, no major changes announced there yet, although there's probably been another five or six signings in the last 15 minutes or what, or whatever. Um, they've lost Danny Kim to Brisbane Raw on loan for the rest of the season. Now, we're a little bit mixed on whether or not that loan deal is going to be made permanent immediately, or if come, say, 1st of September after uh, the Raw season ends, will Danny Kim be rejoining Lions? I think it's all going to depend on how well Danny Kim does for the Brisbane Raw between now and then, James. If he continues to perform like he did on Sunday night against Adelaide, I think he'll be at the Brisbane Raw under contract, assuming that's what he wants to do. Yeah, Look, he was, he was a big loss for Lions in that role. Obviously, he's been an absolute staple for them in that position for the last couple of years. They probably have a couple of options to replace him, but he's a, he's a really big loss. And if they do get him back in September, James, then he's a big input for the second half of the season. I just I think his future now is with the Brisbane Raw. Yeah, look, I think yeah, I think you know it's um, the Lions have always pride themselves, obviously, you know, with, with Warren Moon now the Brisbane Raw head coach, you know, Danny Kim, you know, a an A League player at least on loan that you know that they provided pathways for um, for their players, and they've been nothing none proud than that. But I think if he does come back, that's a hell of a weapon to to bring back, you know, for for the uh, run home. So look, it'll be interesting to see. Um, Look, there's still a couple of days that they could actually find a replacement or replacements. But I think that Lions squad before the, before the uh, pause, I think it was a good enough squad to, you know, that I think even losing a player of Dan Kim's caliber, um, I think, I think you know, would actually, I think they won't be too badly affected by it. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, and of course, Lions are still Lions with plenty of talent there. That, mm. They're know. top of the table currently out there, Lions, I see, after the reset going into the restart. Yes, they are on goal difference ahead of um, Knights with a plus 18 to Gold Coast Knights plus 15. Uh, Lions also have four wins and a draw. Okay, over to Morton Bay. Denver Crickmore moves from the Sunshine Coast Wanderers to Morton Bay. Yeah, I think he's might be a help for them. I'm really disappointed for Morton Bay because they had, they're the team who had the most momentum going into the lockdown, if you think back, James, because they got a 93rd minute equaliser from Alex Janowski down there on the Gold Coast against the Knights and that would have been an absolutely great moment for them to go they were okay Knights were down to 10 men but they fought back played really well earned a point you would think 
great. Now we can use this momentum to springboard the rest of the season. And unfortunately, yeah. that momentum is now gone for them. But look, they had a great start to the season under Royce Brownlee. And no real major additions. Like how they brought another goalkeeper in. But look, they're, they're heading in the right direction, Morton Bay. Yeah, so obviously, Morton Bay being uh, my local team. Uh, be careful uh, what you say about them. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I was, I was there may po- be a border all... wall getting put up now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's all, all positive that, you know, even. So they've, had a, they've played a couple of pre season games. Well, I guess you call them preseason games. Um, you know that, and they're sort of looking for Declan Smith. Looks pretty sharp. He's scoring goals uh, in the in the two sort of you know friendly games that they've played. So yeah, look, you'd you'd hope that they can actually you know continue to build on. And you know, even though it's four months four months apart, take the take the confidence they had. You know, drawing with one of the top teams in Gold Coast North and to sort of kick yeah. on. Like, I think I mean, it's a very very crowded um, sort of you know top part of the table. But yeah. certainly, they're, they're capable of um, of being there, especially if one of the teams that we expect there slips up. It's great to see him going back to a more attacking style under Royce Brownlee, James. That's been a really big noticing point from the, mm. the first few weeks of the season. They're a much more watchable side, and it's great to see. Definitely. Okay, now, you might have heard a very loud, frustrated groan a couple of times over the last month, and that is because Peninsula Power have managed to re-sign Andy Pangeli, and he might actually be playing his first official NPL game for the club this weekend. Yeah, look, this has been an on-again, off-again deal for... Ross and Rachel. Six months, that absolutely nice reference, but it's been for about six months there, James, from right back to the original off-season when Andy Pengale had made an announce, agreed to join Peninsula Power from the Brisbane strike because he's obviously been over overseas for a while since then, but look, he's going to be a really good addition. You think back, because it's an interesting one because there's going to be so much pressure on Andy Pengale to deliver... Based on what he did in 2019 with 50 goals, he's going to be. People can look and think, "All right, when, how are you going to follow that up?" Well, the great thing for him is he's joining a team which is set up for him because he joined this team originally. It was probably built for him to score the goals, so it's a team built for him with a great supporting cast. You think they've got Marek Madley up there who scores plenty of goals. They've got an excellent array of midfield players to set him up. I think it's really well set for Andy Pinkley to do some real business this year. And the one point on that as well, obviously Sam Cronin was phenomenal yeah, to start. He was brilliant to start yeah. off the season as well. But I hope they've kept him in um, cotton wool. Yes, and also well with uh, Marek as well. He's in those early games. He was playing provider as well, and we saw him do that a few times for Lions last season as he was trying to, you know, just bring in a few more teammates. And I would be surprised if he winds up, you know having assists on, you know, 60-70% of Pengeli's yeah. goals. Look, and one thing, but as well, like, you sort of took my point on Sam Cronin, who I think... One for me. Yeah. <laughs> that, um, that is probably, you know, one of the finest uh, midfields when he, when he's fully fit in, in the league. But the one thing that impresses me about potential power, I think, that will be their success is the amount they've, def- they've strengthened defence. Yeah. With, you know, with uh, Cameron Crestani there, um, they've, they've Re, they've re-signed Hayden McHenry as well. Yeah, Hayden McHenry. They've re-signed Lewis Greenwood, who was a really, it was a really sort of good prospect before he left for Victoria, but he's now back. Um, uh, Kristinovsky as well, Justin Janisevsky, sorry. Yep. Um, who was I think one, you know, one of the star players in defence for Pitcher Power. So look, I think from top to bottom, they're a very, very good team. And look, you you expect them to be sort of you know, in in the hunt. Yeah, definitely. And you look you look at the depth that they've had in some of their games as well. I just pulled up my notes from uh, the season opener they had against Magpies Crusaders. And, you know, Mitchell Bird, Brenton Fox, there's just so many players that they can just continue to call on even yeah. and just pitch it might hit be, for them. Might be Mitchell Bird. But... No. Oh, no, my mistake. <laughs> 
Yeah. But look, you're right. They've got a really yeah. good squad of depth. They're pretty supposed. They're, they're another team you look at. <laughs> they're another team you look at. If, again, if they perform to the potential that they have, they're going to be there at the business end of the season. And look, look, they were they were close last year to making a grand final. They, I think they're going to be right there again, really close, pushing for a grand final spot again this year. Again, assuming they live up to their potential. And then you've also got Redlands United. Um, their big change has actually been. Uh, Graham Ross standing down as coach and he's been replaced by Raw Academy uh, coach Jordan Manning yeah, it's an interesting one they've had a few losses down there Redlands United they've, it's it's a real shame actually because again they're another team that were just on a bit of an uptick before the season paused and obviously they've lost the coach I think they've lost a couple of players as well it's going to be very interesting to see what actually is what that Redlands United side returns like I mean it could be I, I think they might have just enough to survive but they have they have lost a lot, and it's interesting to see how Jordan Manning goes as a coach down there in place of Graham Ross. Yeah, look, I think for mine, I think despite their good form before the pause, I think that, you know, unless something really to change, they may be uh, the one that maybe you look at, say, well, they're in, they're in trouble and they could be they could be relegated. Um, look, yeah, I wish I'd upon anyone, and obviously one is going to get relegated eventually, but... But, yeah, look, I think um, they may be in a bit of trouble. I think, you know, for what they've lost compared to what um, they've sort of brought in, and that's no disrespect to Jordan Manning as, as coach, but I think, you know, Graham Ross, you know, he did a lot for that, that sign. Him standing down... It's a big um, loss, isn't it? It's a, it is a huge loss, and I don't know... I'm not particularly confident that's one they can actually uh, rebound from. And the one point on that as well, so uh, their two wins so far this season, 6-2 win away to Sunshine Coast Wanderers, and then a 2-1 uh, win away at away to East. So that one actually could be something that gives them a little bit of confidence coming back. But I'm just looking at their fixture list as well. So between uh, whatever round we... Uh, 21 it starts at. Round 21. Yeah, I know. I'm just realising that's why that's all out of order. Yeah. <laughs> because I was trying to read it numerically and all the dates are all over the place because between re- what's listed on Sport TG is round 8 and round 17. They've only got two home games. However, that is obviously yeah. going to change because the fi- round numbers are going to probably give me an ice cream headache trying to process it all. That's just me. Anyway, um, that's it for the uh, NPL men's teams. Uh, we'll run through the opening weekend fixtures as well. Um, very, very quick thoughts. Gold Coast United, Brisbane City as the first game back down at Coplex. Adam, what are you looking for for that? Yeah, look, that's going to be an interesting game. Um, obviously, the new sort of new sort of era that's going on over at uh, Brisbane City but look Gold Coast United we haven't mentioned they've kept their powder dry yeah pretty much and then look at home they're always a tough proposition and I think they're they're obviously they're improving side and yeah look, that, that could be anything I, I reckon draw for that one they were finding form James just before the season paused again with Shane Smeltz doing really well down there they're flying under the radar a bit Gold Coast United I think they might win that game I think that I think that's going to be a really good one to check out on NPL.tv and um, yeah that's definitely that was one that I'm actually going to have to really make sure we give a lot of attention to as well because that's going to be a very, very close game. It's the early kickoff and it stands alone. So yeah. obviously, uh, before I, for all the other games, that's one that you, know, you want, might want to jump onto MPL.tv and actually watch. And also, just as a quick point of yeah. that as well, given my experience at uh, Coplix down there, look about 15 minutes into the match, everyone frantically grabbing a jumper as the sun uh, disappears <laughs> behind the trees there. Yeah. Because that temperature will drop very, very quickly. Especially for the forecast of rain for Saturday. Oh, in that case, I'll just be rugged up no matter what. <laughs> yeah. If it rains on... This whole round's going to get rained out, isn't it? That's it, the way it would be. For, oh, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be surprised, would it? Not. We hope yeah. not, but anyway. Yeah. It, would be, it would be just our luck. It no. would be typical, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, we had that issue with the, the first round of MPL back in February as well, where the only game that went ahead was uh, Pen Power against Magpies Crusaders. Yeah, at... There were a couple of rounds like that, weren't they, right at the start? The first couple yeah. of rounds, yeah. there were real rainout issues. Anyway, so we've also got uh, Strikers, Wanderers. Well, strikers need to put in a good performance. Bottom, bottom of the table game as, as it stands. But uh, yeah, look, I think this is where Strikers uh, start to begin their, re- their rebuild as far as uh, heading up the ladder. And I think they should win comfortably at home to Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Too soon to say relegation six-pointer, James? A little too soon, yeah. Okay. Uh, Kapalabar and Olympic, that's going to be, again, a good tester for both sides as well. Ben Khan, obviously, was my tip for the uh, raw head coaching gig, but um, he's back with Olympic and they're taking on Kapalabar. That's not an easy game, that one, either. Way to Kapalabar, they've done quite well at home, Reese, at since they've entered the MPL, so I think this is going to be a really tough game. I mean, Olympic... I, you say Olympic should win it. I think it might be a draw, in all seriousness, because Kapalabar's a good side. And I just I think they might get a point at home here. Oh, I think yeah. this is going to be a really interesting game, that one. There's I'm, a reason I'm, I don't tip NPL games. Yeah. I'm, I'm tipping Olympic to win, but just. I think it's going to be... It's going to be nothing. You know, I think it might be one opportunity, one moment of madness, or one moment of yeah. that's going to sell this one. Yep. Uh, we've also got Redlands Morton Bay. Uh, I'm tipping. I'm tipping Declan Smith Hattrick. <laughs> That'd be Morton Bay then. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think Morton Bay should win this game. And then you've also got another game which I think is actually sneaky big for both of these sides. East against Penn Power. Well, there's plenty of feeling in this game because they met in the first Ooh, yeah. FQPL Grand Final a couple of years ago. Of course, then they had an MPL game round two. I think it was last year which was a very fiery affair at Heath Park as well. So I do suggest demo- going and checking out the uh, replay of that as well because Simon uh, Smale in commentary actually had <laughs> The camera angle shows you exactly what happened absolutely perfectly. It's some great work from the cameraman there as well. Double take sports. Absolutely. Yeah. But look, this is going to be an interesting game. I think Principal will win because I think it's a bit too soon oh. for Eastern Suburbs to be up and firing and they're a bit more settled, I think, Peninsula Power. So I think they'll win. But I think you're looking for signs from Eastern Suburbs about exactly what they're capable of in this game. I think... This is a big test for them. Hopefully, they can they can show that they can compete with the top teams because I think they've got the potential too, but maybe not this week. With the exception of the 2018 QPL Grand Final, it has always been a tough contest for Peninsula Power yeah. against East. If you almost could call them a bogey team, and look, I actually think that trend is going to continue. I think okay. I think that you know, I think Peninsula Power will win. But, geez, they're going to have to fight for it. And they, like I said, they, they will escape Heath Park, I think, more than... You know, sail in there and completely take three points. They're going to have to work for it. And undoubtedly the biggest football match in Australia over the weekend. Oh, Lions yeah. FC, Gold yeah. Coast Knights, Lions Stadium. Wherever you're listening to us, make sure you're tuning into this one because on the pitch it's going to be a phenomenal spectacle and also a little bit off the pitch as well because, well, for starters, as a benefit to everyone, I'm not commentating. <laughs> You've got Simon Smale uh, on lead and he'll also be joined by Simon Hill. Who's that guy? It's the two best Simon, <laughs> two best English Simon commentators called Simon that we with know beards. of. With beards. Yeah, with beards that we know of. So it's great to have oh. Simon Hill involved in the NPL commentary up here for this week. At least I don't know if he's going to be a regular contributor on that. That's going to bump me off most games. <laughs> well, we don't, well, we don't know if it's just a one-off thing or if it's going to be a regular thing, but it's great to have Simon Hill involved. It adds a, a recognisable voice for people who are tuning into the NPL who maybe aren't regular viewers of it. This will be a voice they know. I think it's going to be an amazing game. So you almost wish this was two weeks into the season, so they've had a couple of games to get some minutes under their legs. But this is going to be... This this, this game last year, we were at this game at Lions Stadium last year between these two sides. It was a really even game. I think Lions just shaded it that night, but... Was I? I don't know. But this there's very little between these two sides, and it's a great way to 
to restart the MPL season between two sides, which the defending premiers versus the defending champions. Yeah, it's going to be a phenomenal game. Cannot wait. Open, for opening weekend version two kicks off with a bang, and this this game, as I said, I roughly say, I think this is the biggest uh, local football game in the country. You know, and like I said, who's playing in the A League that night? <laughs> Cares. Not, Brisbane, <laughs> not Brisbane, so I'm not watching. Yeah, who cares? This, this is the game, you know, watching. That's why and like I said, it's, it's the added importance with Simon Hill, you know, yeah. doing uh, on commentary with Simon Smale. That's, yeah, like I said, it is all all sort of, you know, you know co- converging to one. But it's, I also think it's going to be a draw. And it's great to see football queens against some professional commentators, and isn't that right, James? Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, it's going to be it's going to be a massive upgrade. Well, no, gets, maybe so. you might get to call a game with Simon Hill as well down the line. You never know. I don't want to be showing up too much. <laughs> but yes, of course, it, it, it's a big upgrade on the uh, dimwit that they stuck Simon Smell with for the Foundation Cup back in February. <laughs> Which Look. is also an upgrade on the dimwit who, who co-commentated round one in the FQPL. Yeah, that was a forgettable experience. But <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because I think our brains froze that night, yeah. that afternoon in Toowoomba. Anyway, we're going to move on quickly and also touch on the NPL women's where Palabar have really gone big with their recruitment. They've added uh, Raw Trio Georgina Worth, Natalie Tatham and Caitlin Torpy to Sky Hannafin's uh, rebuild project out there. And, well, there's a lot to look forward to this weekend there as well. Uh, Saturday, uh, you've got East against South United at uh, Heath Park. You've got Lions in the first part of a doubleheader there. So if you are planning on heading out to Lions Stadium, and I'm fairly certain there will be restrictions on how many people they actually can allow into the grandstands and whatnot. And um, they're taking on South West Queensland Thunder at 4.45pm. You've also got the Football Queensland QAS taking on Mitchelton at Meakin Park at 6pm. And then the feature NPL women's match of uh, the return round is Sunday 5pm at Cornubia Park. Logan Lightning taking on the gap. I'm going to run out of ways to describe goals in that match because if there's one thing I know for certain, both of these teams can score. I cannot wait to see Laney Fryer in person. Yeah, the, the gap were really good in their catch-up game the other day against Morton Bay United. I mean, this is good. That's that's almost as big a match in the MPLW as the MPL men's game we just talked about. It's two sides we expect to be right there in the business end of the season. It's two sides with players who have played in the in the W League plenty of times as well. I mean, Logan's got a whole bunch of Brisbane Raw players in there as well. So look, this is going to be a great game Logan, on Sunday afternoon. Logan's attack is scary. It's good. very good, isn't it? It's unbelievably deep. You've got like just goal scoring option after goal scoring option as well. I'm just bringing up the uh, stats on that as well because what is it? You've got Shea Connors who I think has only played two games to date. Yeah, two two games, four goals. You've got Natalia Pinkney, uh, six goals off four games. You've got Tiani Petterwood, five goals off four games. Um, then yeah, Emily Dunn, Meg McGilligan, uh both on three goals. And they're a free flowing side, aren't they, Logan? Yeah. It's going to be there. This will be a really good test for them because the Gap are a really strong side, side defensive, but they're also really good going forward as well. So I think this is actually going to be a bit more of a low-scoring yeah. game, James. To be honest with you, I don't think it's going. To, I think it's going to be more of a one-all than a three-all type of a game. I think I'm they'll ba- almost cancel themselves out, but it's going to be it'll be a high-quality game no matter what the score is. I think there's also a couple other at the, at the same time kicking off down at John Frederick the Sports up Field. The final game of the round. Yes, yeah. Capalbar v Morton Bay. So Ski Amp and um, welcomes his old side back and. Look, if uh, if you sort of read between the lines how that the parting of the ways there, um, I can see this being double digits because I think he'll really want to make a statement. And I think he the, th- the scary thing is he has got the side at Kapalabar to really rack up a score. And uh, Morton Bay, they'll be playing they'll be playing their third game in, um, seven, in days. seven days. 
And they've already conceded 14 goals. And yeah, I can see a cricket score being racked up here again, which is, which is unfortunate. But, you know, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. Also as well, yeah, Eastern Suburbs as well. They, um, they've they also been sort of recruiting heavily. And uh, they've uh, signed Rosie Sutton and Alira Toby, who both played last night. Uh, yeah. The Tuesday night, if you depending on when you're listening to this. Um, so so yeah so look even they they've all of a sudden built up and they like I said this, this women's MPL women's um, competition I think at the top end is going to be very very deep yeah and definitely also, also we've seen a lot of players departing the W League in the last couple of months to make moves overseas so there's a lot of opportunity here mm. if you can perform well in the MPL women's competitions nationally James there's a lot of opportunity for players to step up and play in the W League this upcoming season in that competition so there's a lot to play for for all of these players and you mentioned Rosie Sutton and Alira Toby. They're another two who might be able to get themselves in the W League once again this year as well, along with yep. plenty of other players as well. So it's a, there's a lot to play for here. And just looking at the setup of the NPL women's, as my dog is uh, currently trying to investigate your water bottle, Scott. Um, there's yeah. nothing in there, I swear. <laughs> well, you never know. Anyway, so you look at it. So you've got four... I think it's going to be a top four finals uh, set up this year, I assume. Actually, I'm pretty sure that's been announced? Am I going crazy? No, it has been announced. It's yeah. top four finals in both MPLW and FQPL this year too. I think just to get the season finished as yes. efficiently as possible. Anyway, so yeah, you've got, I reckon seven teams that are yeah. going to be in the mix for the finals this year and they're currently the top seven as it stands. You've got, yeah, Gold Coast, The Gap, Lions, Logan, Easts, Capalba and Mitchelton who are probably all going to be in the mix for those um top four spots. Look, can you even, even make sort of a case as far as the spoiler being, you know, obviously the uh, Football Queensland QIS side as well, the, who have got some talented players that just, again, you know, being... They're just being young, young they? They're young, so you, you either, you'll either get rocks or diamonds with them, but look, um, when you look, when you've got seven teams going for four spots, a side like a QIS could really be the spoiler that could could really sort of, you know throw your season off. So I think that's what Mitchelton have got to be uh, careful of um, on on Saturday afternoon that they don't that they don't take the uh, young girls lightly. But otherwise, yeah, it, I, I think that you know it's going to be a case of wins going to be a premium and losses are going to be um, more you know it could be bigger than, than usual. Definitely. Okay, and we will uh, briefly touch. Excuse me, as uh, water comes back on me. There, we've got uh, FQPL round. Uh, well, officially it's listed as round nineteen. Um, the fixtures coming up for the return this weekend as well. Uh, Rochelle Rovers hosting uh, Mitchelton at Underwood Park, 5pm Saturday. Yes, it's a good game. Look, Rochelle defending champions, of course, they were a team who have been traditionally really strong in Brisbane for a long time. I mean, I think they're looking at it this year as probably this is the year they're hoping to push for promotion. I think it's a really good first-up game, actually, against mm. Mitchelton, another really good side who've recruited quite well. So I think those two sides will be right there in the business end of the season. I think... As you look through the rest of the games, James, I think the I think the teams who were relegated from the NPL last year are three really good sides. I think Southwest Queensland has started remarkably well. So have Western Pride to a, to a reasonable extent, and look, Sunshine Coast Fire, they're making moves that you would hope that they're going to get better. So I think the throws, I think it's going to be a battle between I think Thunder and Logan for that automatic promotion spot. I think Logan have been so unlucky in the last couple of years; they've been right there. I think they've got the link. Final first, round. Final round, two years in a row, they, they missed out. So they're going to be right there again. I think between those two, between Thunder and Logan for me, for the best, for the automatic promotion spot in the MPL. Or that, to the MPL. That's it. And also, I, 
we'll go quickly into Southwest Queensland there as yeah. well. We saw them against uh, Rochdale Rovers, yeah, yeah, in that opening game, and they were good value. They were good for an hour, and then because it was round one after a heavily interrupted yeah. preseason, not just because of you know yeah. the standard preseason stuff you go through, but also the fact that there were you know the bushfires, yeah. there was rain, yeah. there was heat, there was you know three hundred and fifty things going on, which meant it was a far from perfect preseason for a lot of these yeah. clubs. And just after an hour, they ran out of legs. And it seems like now they've got a chance to build on what was, you know, three straight wins. And I'm sure we've said this plenty of times. The, the Italian defender they brought in, Mirko Crociati, was a really big influence on that side. He seemed to get that side defending with more intensity, more desperation. That was really noticeable. The way they were defending that day, James, against Rosa for that 60-65 minutes, that was really noticeable, the effort they were putting in defensively. And they've got some goal scorers at the other end of the field. Now, I think they're going to be a team which is a real threat to go up. I think it, I, they probably are. I know they're top of the table at the moment. They're probably my favourite to go up. If I was going to pick one who was most likely, I think it's going to be them because they've got the home field advantage. So you have to go to Toowoomba in the middle of winter. That's not an easy trip to make. Yeah, although they I did think kind that, of lose that, gives... that for about two or three months at the moment. <laughs> no, but it's still, well, the season's resuming. It's winter now. Yeah. So there's majority of the season we played in winter still. So I think there's a real advantage there for them. I think the home ground advantage and the... Again, assuming that the, the intensity with defence continues from the restart, I think they're going to be right there. Yeah, definitely. I think just quickly on Thunder, I think yeah, the the key is not only you know to make uh, make the home ground like Lodberg offer save normally, uh, and they might play a few other games in the region as well. But they've got to make those home games count, but also their away form. Yeah. If, if they can get their away form right, you know, pick up a few points, especially on the road, yeah. I think promotion might be theirs. But um, but yeah, look, I, I personally I think Rochdale. Um, I think for mine would be my pick to, to get promoted but yeah look you can't discount uh, Thunder or Mitchelton or Logan so I think even that final series I think it's going to be building to a good you know, crescendo as we get deeper into the season definitely um, and yeah also I was going to grab my commentary notes from that game Scott but they're still drying out I wouldn't be surprised I'm still drying out from that game you didn't bring a jumper I know and you were sick for weeks after that I know I was sick for two weeks after that it's only two. It you felt like a lot longer. It probably was, but Which, what's yeah. that? <laughs> Put you in quarantine. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, at that time, probably not not a great time for you to have a cold. No. Anyway, uh, the rest of the FQPL uh, fixtures, you've got yeah, Thunder taking on Souths at 6 o'clock Saturday, Logan against Southside Eagles at Cornubia Park, 6.15 Saturday, Holland Park Hawks hosting Western Pride at Whites Hill, and then Sunday afternoon, Kiwana, Sunshine Coast Fire against Ipswich Knights, 4pm kickoff there. That's going to be it for our Football Queensland competition uh, resumption special. I really should have come up with a better title for that, but never mind anyway. Scott, Adam, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. See you both again. Looking forward to the games this weekend. Definitely. We are so excited about the local football getting up and running again this weekend, weather permitting, of course. Uh, We'll have live coverage of a couple of games as well on our social channels over the weekend. Remember to follow The Raw Review on Facebook and at BNE Football on Twitter. We're going to spare you an Instagram account for the time being. And, uh, yeah, in the meantime, we just hope it stays dry enough to get some football in. That's all we're hoping for. All right, that's it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Get out, enjoy the football this weekend. Check out the games on uh, npl.tv as well. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, enjoy the football this weekend.